21st Precinct, Sergeant Waters. Yeah, that's right. Well, what's the trouble over there? Going what? Who's doing that? Well, who told you to call? Was the policeman there? You are by transcription in the muster room at the 21st Precinct, the nerve center. A call is coming through. You will follow the action taken pursuant to that call from this minute until the final report is written in the 124 room at the 21st Precinct. All right. Tell the officer I'll send someone around there right away. Yeah. You tell him right away. lines on a map of the city of New York. Most of the 173,000 people wedged into the nine-tenths of a square mile between Fifth Avenue and the East River wouldn't know if you asked them that they lived or worked in the 21st. Whether they know it or not, the security of their homes, their persons, and their property is the job of the men of the 21st Precinct. The 21st, 160 patrolmen, 11 sergeants, and four lieutenants of whom I'm the boss. My name is Kennelly, Frank Kennelly. I'm captain in command of the 21st. I was working my day tour, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. I came into the station house at 7.25 and walked around the desk to sign the blotter. Then I went into my office to change the uniform. A few minutes before 8, I went out into the muster room and behind the desk where Lieutenant Snyder, who had been desk officer on the 12 to 8, was talking to Lieutenant Gorman, who would be on the job for the day tour. Sergeant Waters, who would have telephone switchboard duty, was relieving his counterpart, Sergeant Collins. In the back room, the men already in uniform were being inspected by the oncoming patrol sergeant. Promptly at 8 a.m., Lieutenant Gorman rang a bell, which sounded in the back room. The platoon, consisting of 58 men who would patrol the precinct for the next eight hours, was brought to attention by the sergeant and marched out into the muster room. They halted in front of the desk, faced right, dressed their ranks. As the roll was being called, I looked up and down the ranks from behind the desk. Three of the five men transferred to the precinct in the last few days were in this platoon. I paid special attention to their Waters. Wait. White. Sigler. Here. All right, men. Not much this morning. It's going to be another hot day. I want to remind you of the order still in effect concerning the unauthorized use of fire hydrants for shower baths in the streets. Keep the kids away from them. Also, uh, there was an occurrence in the 17th precinct yesterday which involved an assault on the driver of a Department of Sanitation tow truck. He was attacked by the owner of a motor vehicle while in the process of hauling away an illegally parked automobile. When this work is being done in the precinct, I want the patrolman on post present, unless there is more urgent duty elsewhere. And uh, we've had complaints about vegetable peddlers in the 70s again. If you see any of these men, examine their licenses. They don't have a license, issue a summons. All right. Post the platoon. Platoon, attend, jump! Left, first! Forward, Yes, sir. I see you've got posts seven and nine doubled up. 
Yes, sir. Egan has a case in court. And what time do you think you'll be back on the job? Before noon, I hope, Captain. Uh-huh. Who's over there? Pagano, Captain. You know, things have been pretty rough at the playground over there the last couple of days. You better let Pagano handle seven and double up eight and nine. Yes, sir. I'll switch it around. As soon as I make the first ring. Well, we've still got that strike at the French shop over there. That's on eight. Well, don't you have someone on a fixer at the strike? Uh, no, sir, not today. They said it was pretty quiet yesterday. Only one or two pickets. No trouble. Oh. Pick the man on post, could handle Well, double up six and nine instead of eight and nine. Yes, sir. That'll be all right, won't it? Yes, sir. Oh, uh, is there any hot coffee back there? Yes, sir, I think so. Sergeant. Is there any hot coffee? Yes, or a whole pot. Well, I got it. Well, you got what, lady? You told me if I went and got a summons, you'd arrest him. I told you? When I was in here yesterday afternoon, I spoke to you, and you told me if I went to the court and got a summons, you'd arrest him. Lady, I wasn't here yesterday. I've been out for two days. Well, somebody told me. Somebody sitting right where you're sitting now. Whoever it was didn't tell you that they'd arrest him. Oh, yes, they did. They said if I went to court and got a summons, they'd send a policeman to arrest him. Nah, you know you weren't told that at all. You were told that if you went and got a summons, a police officer would be sent with you when you served it. If you were afraid you were in physical danger. That's the case exactly. I'm afraid I'm in physical danger. Yes, well, that's a little bit different. You weren't told the police officer would make the arrest. As far as I can see, it's the same thing. Not as far as I can see. Can I see that summons, please? Yes. Thank you. What are the police for, anyway, if not to help somebody when they're in physical danger like this? You're Martha Ramsey. Yes, I'm Martha Ramsey. Who's Charles McKelton? He's my supposed son-in-law. Why did you have a summons issued for him? Because he hit me. That's why. Your daughter is the wife of this Charles McKelvin? Well, they get through a wedding ceremony, if that's what you mean, but he doesn't treat her like any wife. He treats her like dirt under his feet, and he treats me worse. Where did this happen? Where did he hit you? He took his fist, and he doubled it up, and he hit me right across the face. No, no, I mean where? At what place? At home, in the living room. And who else was there? Just me and him, Rosalie, that's my daughter. She went down to 14th Street shopping. She was at home. He just doubled up his fist and hit me without the slightest provocation. Then I said I wouldn't spend another night under that roof, and he said, God. He went over and he opened the door, and he said, Go on if you're going. So I went. I went right downstairs, and I looked for a policeman to arrest him. I didn't see a policeman. So I walked over here, and this one, or the other one, told me to go to the court and get a summons. And I went back and I waited outside for Rosie to come home and we went to the court together. I explained to the man down there and he said I was right. <laughs> he said I was perfectly right. You live there with your daughter and son-in-law? I did. I don't do anymore. Well, where did you stay last night? At my other daughter's in Long Island City. After we went down and got the summons, I told Rosalie, I'm not going to spend another night under that roof. And I won't permit you to spend another night under that roof with him. I forbid it. So we went down to Long Island City to my other daughter. Where is Rosalie now? She's right outside. I told her to wait outside, and I'd get everything said. What does she say about all this? What does she know? She's a baby. But he's her husband. Oh, he won't be for long. All right, you go outside and get her and bring her in here. Why? Just get her and bring her in. All right. I don't see why. Captain, patrol my stacks of division on a wire for you. All right, put it on here. Yes, sir. I'm surprised you didn't kill her, Captain. So am I. On the first precinct, Captain Canelli. Yeah. Yeah. 
What time? All right, sure. Sure, I'll do that. Okay. There's a meeting at 2 o'clock of commanding officers of the division, right? Yes, sir. Who's desk officer on the 4 to 12? Lieutenant Bryan and I, Captain. All right. You tell him when he comes in this afternoon. I'm sure I'll be back, but in case I'm not, he's to handle the turnout. Yes. Well, here she is. This is my daughter, Rosalie. How do you do? Hello. Uh, do you believe that if your mother went to serve this summons on your husband, he'd attack her physically? Well, he did, yes. And you don't know about the times I didn't tell you about Rosalie. He'd get violent, violent whenever you were out of the house. He's capable of murder, that man. Plain, unadulterated murder. I wouldn't say that. Oh, mother. how long will it take you to get over being blind as far as he is concerned? I guess he wouldn't try to hit her again. <laughs> All right, Red. Have a patrolman accompany her when she serves the summons. Yes, sir. I'll be in my office. Yes, sir. 694 East 78th Street. Yes, that's right. There's your front. Sergeant? Yes, sir. What time is the carriage ring? Uh, 38, Lieutenant. All right. Policeman on post over there will ring in at 838. I'll tell him you're on the way over and you'll meet him. How about on the corner there in front of the cleaners? All right. What's the policeman going to do? I mean, is he going to arrest Charles or something? Are you sure? Did you ask him? He's just going to be there while your mother serves the summons to see that everything is done peacefully. Oh. All right. Well, come on, Rosalie. Yes. The police will be in front of the cleaners. Yes, about a quarter to nine. All right. Thank you very much. Mother, I'll set a Sergeant? Yeah, Lieutenant. I want to talk to the cow when he rings in. Yes, sir. Uh, would you say she's a typical all-American mother-in-law? I hope not. <laughs> 21st Precinct, Sergeant Waters. Yes, sir, I think so. Uh, just a second, Captain. Lieutenant, have you got a couple of U.S. 16 memo pads out here? Yeah. Lieutenant Scott's in here, Captain. All right. Yes, sir. Right away. He wants me to bring in a couple of pads. It's top shelf with the cabin. Okay. Where? Right there. Oh, yeah. I'll be right back. All right. Sending somebody to stand by while she serves the summons? Yes, sir, the girl. Okay. I don't know why, Captain. Doesn't look like she needs any protection. Well, it's a good idea anyway. Maybe he does. You are listening to 21st Precinct, a factual account of the way police work in the world's largest city. Except in a few specifically defined instances, under the laws of the state of New York, a police officer may not make a summary arrest for a misdemeanor or issue a summons for an offense unless the act of violation of the law is committed in his presence. Similar statutes prevail in most states. These provisions of the law, specifically designed to protect the rights of the individual, often cause aggrieved complainants to believe that law enforcement officers are lax in their duty when they refuse to take action on a complaint and direct the individual to the magistrate's courts in the city of New York or to the prosecuting attorney or a justice of the peace in other localities. 
The fact is, if a police officer in the city of New York made a summary arrest in such a case without being a witness to the crime or offense, both he and the city might be liable to civil action for damages brought by the arrested party. Proper procedure, therefore, is to suggest to the offended party that he secure a summons. Once the summons is procured, a police officer will be sent along on request of the complainant to preserve the peace while the summons is being served. In the instance at hand, the complainant, Mrs. Martha Rumsey, and her daughter, Mrs. Rosalie McKelton, walked to the corner where it had been arranged for the patrolman on post, Paul Vaccaro, to meet them. He was waiting at the designated spot. Well, here we are. Are you Mrs. Rumsey? Yes, that's right. This is my daughter, Rosalie. Rosalie McKelton. Hello? How do you do? I understand you want to serve a summons? Yes, that's right. Her husband. Her husband hit me and he cursed me. He made all sorts of threats at me. Well, I, I I don't know, Mother. I wasn't there. You don't doubt my word? Of course he did. He's a potential killer. Believe me, he's a potential killer. I wouldn't stay under that roof another night, and I wouldn't let her stay under that roof. Why, he could murder us in our sleep. Oh, Mother, please. Oh, don't Mother please me now. Oh, uh, which house is it? Oh, that one there. It's nine four. All right. And you better be ready when I get in this. I don't want him to do anything. Oh, Mother, he won't do anything. Oh, won't he? You said that, you said it, you said it, but he did. Are you sure he's home? I think he is. I wouldn't be surprised if he's out running around with some woman. You know, when the cat's away, he's not running around. He never did. Oh, didn't he? Well, if I told you all the things I've heard... This is it, huh? Yes. Now, listen, Rosalie. I want you to stay down here. I think I ought to go up and talk to him. No, you better stay down here. But he's probably been worried about me, Mother. Worried? I bet he went out and did the town last night. I bet he was in and out of every bar in the neighborhood. Oh, Mother. I said, don't mother me. I think I ought to go up. Well, if you'd take my advice, I'd stay down here if I were you. There's no sense causing too much of a discussion up there. There. You see what the officer says, Rosalie? You wait right here. But I have to get some of my clothes. I don't have a thing except what I got on. You think I'm any better off? Stay here, Rosalie. I'll get out of here. All right. Uh, enjoy the officer. Stay right here, Rosalie. All right, Mother. Uh, what floor is it? Third floor in the front. I've got it. Oh, thank you. Are you going to ring the bell? And have you ready for me? <laughs> Say not. You go right up there and let's come what may. Yeah. Would have been a good idea. Save you a trip upstairs if he isn't home. If he isn't home, I'll go right in there and get my things. Mine and my daughter's. You have a key? Yes, I have a key. You don't think I'd live there without having a key, do you? Supposing he attacks me again. He won't attack you. You don't know him. How can you make a positive statement? That's what I'm here for, to prevent something like that. Well, just make sure you prevent it. It's that one. Uh, what's his name again? Charles. I mean his last name. McKelton, Charles McKelton. All right, you better knock on the door. Aren't you supposed to do anything? Knock on the door. <sighs> there. I suggest you keep the summons where you can give it to him. I've got it. You don't have to tell me how to run my business. What's he doing in there? I'll bet he saw us coming out the window. No, there's somebody. Oh. It's you. Yes, it's me. 
Where's my wife? She's not coming back here. I'll say that. She's not coming back here only over my dead body. Don't tempt me. Where is she? Oh, all right, now. Look, take it easy. Where's my wife? You see? You see, officer, he's threatening me again. You see that? He's not threatening you. You came up here to serve a summons. Now, give it to him. Oh, 
I'll just be talking to you only once, the folks. Now you'll have to move on. There he is. Don't throw that. Oh, I'll get it. I told you not to throw that. decided to wait on the sidewalk until assistance arrived. If he went upstairs and attempted to gain entrance to the flat, a pedestrian might have been struck and injured by an object thrown out of the window. He kept the onlookers back off the sidewalk and tried to convince Charles McKelton to stop the destruction of his own property. In the meantime, the call for assistance reached the station house. Sergeant Waters on TS duty notified the Communications Bureau and a Signal 32, assist a police officer, was put out over the air. I had just gone out on patrol of the precinct in sector car number three with Patrolman Coley as operator. We were within two blocks of the scene when the radio call came over and I instructed Coley to make the run. When we turned into the block, I noticed that Lieutenant Matt King, commander of the 21st Detective Squad, was in his car making the turn right behind us. All right. Pull up in there, Coley. Yes, sir. Give him a hand with the crowd, will you? Yes, sir. All right. Stay right there. I told you. All right, now. Oh, what's the alarm? What is that? I heard gold. Fish, you want to 
grab this baton. Captain Kennelly, Ken Lynch is Lieutenant King, 
Harold Stone as Sergeant Waters. Featured in tonight's cast were Susan Douglas, Abby Lewis, Santos Ortega, Mandel Kramer, and Frank Campanella. Written and produced by Stanley Niss. Art Hannah speaking.